I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey folks, welcome to another Touch Em All podcast. I'm Derek Wetmore from 1500ESPN.com. I cover the Twins, senior editor. We do some podcast stuff. Right now I'm doing kind of a special two-part sort of Twins mailbag thing. Uh, You'll notice that Phil Mackey's not on this video. He's on the radio right now, actually. He has a radio show. I am doing this show on Facebook Live. We're sharing this with our uh, Twins fans, friends online. So I'm looking at a camera of myself. It's super awkward there's a fish tank in the background, and I have a microphone running here in the background to, uh, to record a podcast episode. I told the Facebook fans just a second ago, but I'll share it with you listeners. I want this episode to be, I mean, as close to listener-driven as possible. I, I have some things I can talk about. I know what's interesting to me about the Twins today, Friday, January 12th, with uh, about a month to go before Fort Myers time. But I'd much, much rather address the questions that you guys have, things that you're talking about. I see a few coming in here already. We've got Jacob, Robert, James. I've got a couple of other questions logged away on Facebook from Josh and from Jared. Um, If you guys have questions that you want to share with me and you're hearing this podcast after the fact, no problem. Find my Facebook page, Derek Wetmore MLB, and just like, follow me there, whatever. You don't even have to like or follow. You can just lurk if you want to. Um, Another question from Grady coming in here. I'll get to all these. But if you're listening on the podcast feed and you feel like, ah, bummer, I missed out. No, don't worry about it. I'm answering questions a lot on my Facebook page. um, and, And I'll try to do more of these videos. I'd like to make this kind of a regular thing. Maybe not with the fish tank in the background, but doing Q&As, Twins Mailbags. You see a lot of those around. I don't do very many of them, to be honest with you, but every time I do, I come away with five more story ideas than I had going into the podcast, going into the Facebook Live session. So I want to I make that a bigger part of what I do with Twins coverage on the website. And uh, yeah, this is the start of that. So thanks for everyone for coming along on the maiden voyage, and we'll get a Hopefully some people in the room here and answer a bunch of your questions. I'll do as best as I can. Maybe, what, I don't know, 30 minutes? Um, if you guys get bored after 30 minutes, just let me know and I'll log off. Uh, if we got more questions after that, I'll keep going. I got the afternoon free. So with that housekeeping out of the way, let's, uh, let's get to some of the questions. I saw the first one in here. I want to sort these chronologically. Hang on one second. All right. We'll go in chronological order. If you guys have questions about the winter quote-unquote hot stove, if you have you Darvish questions, if you have Twins arbitration questions, I'm not super interested in that, to be honest with you, but today is the deadline uh, that we'll know our guy's going to get a deal or they're going to go uh, file a number and then take it to an arbiter, the so-called file and trial method. The Twins haven't done that a lot lately, but remember, there's a new sheriff in town. So, anyways, we got lots of stuff to talk about. The first question I saw on here was from James Carlson. Let's get to that. James wants to know, why did the Twins hire who they did for pitching and bench coach jobs? Why not bigger names that were out there? All right. This is a good question, James, and I think the best way that I can answer it. We talked a little bit about it when Derek Shelton was hired, when uh, the Twins got their new pitching coach, too, Garvin Alston, and made some minor league moves 
training staff, minor league coaching staff, and all that stuff. My basic two cents on this is I don't know very much about the people that they brought in. You mentioned bigger names were out there. I mean, you heard names like Chris Bazio and Jim Hickey and Mickey Calloway, of course, but he went from being the Indians pitching coach extraordinaire to being the new manager of the Mets, so that wasn't going to happen. You just saw a lot of big names out there, and and I wouldn't blame anybody for wondering, hey, Twins going to get in on that? They want a piece of that action? But my grand big-picture view of this is, so far with every hire that I've seen from Derek Falvey and from Thad Levine, is, all right, I don't know necessarily as much about the credentials of this person as you do, but... I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt with some of their hires. Sean Johnson as a scouting director seems like a home run hire. Um, James Rousen as hitting coach, that seems like a terrific hire just one year into it. Still early. I'm tapping the brakes. I'm not, you know, carving these guys' busts for Cooperstown or anything like that. I just think that Falvey and Levine have sort of earned the benefit of the doubt. And with some of these hires that maybe I haven't heard of uh, or know as much about, or as some of the fans may not know as much about either, I am totally willing, and and I hope you are too, Robert, uh, give it the wait-and-see approach. Let's see where we're at, what we think about the hire. Maybe at the All-Star break we can revisit it. Um, I sort of wondered about the, you know, Paul Molitor-Chris Basio connection or of, like, getting Jim Hickey. Here's one more under-the-radar hire uh, that I don't know that we've really talked enough about, and I'm fascinated to see how it plays out and that's uh is it Kalk? i don't want to i don't want to get this wrong here i'm gonna look this up real quick i think it's josh Kalk, but I'm, I'm gonna double check all right josh Kalk, pitching analyst from the rays organization he's one of these guys that was like seen as almost like a uh behind the scenes nerd cult icon developing ways to learn about pitching mechanics and about the pitch FX data and everything we can learn from that. Remember how cool we all thought it was that Craig Breslow was sort of reinventing himself as a pitcher last year using data and analytics and some of this tracking stuff? Well, that's what this guy does. Um, Glenn Perkins did that at one point in his career, and he sort of, I want to say he was on the front end of this trend where pitchers are trying to learn more about their mechanics, learn more about their stuff, how it can play, how they can use it, how do you get the 99th percentile out of your own ability? I think Josh Kalk's going to be a big hire for the Twins. I don't know exactly what kind of hands-on impact that he's going to have, but um, this is a really, really long way of answering your question, and I'm sorry for dragging it out. But I just wanted to underscore the point of, like, I think this guy, Josh, will have a tangible impact on the Twins as a pitching staff. And... Is he a huge name? No, you're not necessarily going to hear him talked about on MLB Network seven nights a week. But I do think that it's one of those low-key, under-the-radar hires along the lines of like a Daniel Adler, along the lines of Jeremy Zoll, that the Twins are just kind of bringing in and saying like, all right, don't really care if we get fanfare for this. Don't really care if it's a big name. We think that this is a smart person to put into this job. So... Anyways, that's a super long way of answering your question. I'll try and be a little bit more concise in the future, but uh, it's a it's a good it's a good question, James, and I'm glad you brought it to the chat. 
Uh, let's uh, let's hand out likes for the good questions. Robert wants to know any theories as to the uncharacteristically slow pace of free agency compared to other off seasons. Yes, I have a hundred theories. Um, how much time do you have? Um, I have a lot of theories, and I think that they go way beyond what we all thought at the beginning of the off season, which was, oh well, John Carlos Stanton's kind of holding things up. Where's he going to land? And then the J.D. Martinez's of the world can sign. Nope, that wasn't it. And, oh, well, Shohei Otani, I mean, every team in baseball wants to be in on those sweepstakes. Where's he going to land? Okay, he lands with the Angels. Nope, that wasn't it either. I think a big thing, there are two main theories that I'll float, and we can dive into this later if more people are super interested in this. I think that, one, teams are starting to... I'll say properly value. For sure, they're reducing their valuation they put on free agency. And that is to say, oh, we could have Eric Hosmer for seven years on $160 million. Okay, that's cool. In the past, I think there would have been teams that were like, nice, slugger, maybe just exiting his prime, but man, good numbers, good reputation, winner, World Series, glue guy, home runs. And now teams are saying like, hang on a second. I like Eric Cosmer. I think he's a good baseball player. How much do we have to pay for that good of a baseball player? And if we have just a slugging first baseman in the minor leagues who's going to make $500,000 next year with no commitment beyond that, isn't that a little more valuable uh, from a contract perspective? Look, I'm not saying that every minor leaguer is going to be able to put up the numbers that Eric Cosmer can or that J.D. Martinez can or that... You Darvish, Jake Arrieta, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, Greg Holland, any of these names that are still looking for a job, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can just replicate that. But I think a lot of teams are wary of paying so much money for that production, for that talent. Bill James said it on MLB Network the other day with uh, Brian Kenny. It might have been 20 teams in the past thought that free agency was a raw deal. Maybe it's 30 now. Or maybe it's 28, 29 is what I think Bill James said in like, Take it from the Godfather that uh, teams are starting to see this is a bad deal. Um, that sucks. It sucks for players. It sucks for the Players Association that you're not getting these huge contracts handed out. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the winter, and more importantly, what's going to happen going forward. Because I bet you next year's free agency isn't going to be slow with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, maybe Clayton Kershaw. That, that like that will set off frenzies that we've seen in the past. Why we didn't get it this year? Maybe teams just think these guys aren't as good, or maybe they're just saying, hang on, we don't want to take a bad deal, so let's get these guys if they come on a good deal. Uh, the second and last thing I'll say quickly on that, Robert, is I think you've seen a difference made between the haves and the have-nots. And if you're already a have, yeah, you Darvish would be nice. Yeah, Lance Lynn would be nice. But do you need them to go to the World Series if you're the Dodgers? Probably not. Do you need one of those guys if you're the Yankees? I mean, they'd help. Yeah, it'd be nice. Add to that rotation. But, like, do you need it? And do you $25 million a year need it? And do you long-term contract for six or seven years, lock yourself in, need it? I don't know that I would agree with that uh, for some of the, the big teams I'm talking about. And then, like, if you are the Kansas City Royals, and you probably won't be competitive next year. Are you going to bid $125-plus million for you, Darvish, or Jake Arrieta? 
Are you going to spend $50 million plus and a draft pick on Alex Cobb? Not the way that we've seen baseball trend in recent years. I think some of those teams that don't aspire to the World Series are going to just sit this one out, maybe try and get a good bargain deal but not go crazy. And then I think the good teams are pretty much already good. That's why I'm watching teams like the Twins to see, hey, are you going to spend some money in free agency and get yourself into that realm of the haves? Because not to say that they're the have-nots, but I don't think the Twins are as good as the Indians. They're not as good as the Yankees. Uh, they got some catching up to do on the Houston Astros. So uh, we'll see if the Twins spend any money, Robert. But those are my quick theories on why the MLB offseason has been such a snail's pace this year. Kind of boring, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't having any fun with it. I'm not having that much fun with it. I got some stories in the in the uh, hopper that I can work on if nobody signs before mid-February, but I'd rather be breaking down whether it was a good deal the Twins signed Alex Cobb to a multi-year you know, contract. That'd be more fun. Uh, let's get to some more questions here. There was one left on my Facebook earlier. Uh, quick plug if you're just joining us. Um, if you like and follow my Facebook page, I'm going to try to be doing more of these videos, more of these podcasts um, throughout spring training and the season this year. I just think it's kind of a fun format to answer questions. So if you're watching on Facebook right now, you already know, but if you're on the podcast, Derek Wetmore MLB on Facebook, and I'll get to as many questions as I can over there. Uh, so Josh wanted to know, he says, uh, depending on where the Twins are around the trade deadline, do you think it would be smart to make a trade with Dozier or take the chance he will sign with the Twins next year? I don't see how the Twins give him the money he deserves. Uh, look forward to your response if you get to it. Josh, thanks for the question. First of all, and I will get to it, I'm going to lump this together with a couple of other questions because I've had a couple people poking me about Brian Dozier. Now, just to set the scene, most of you in here probably know, but there's there are going to be some people, uh, like my mom's going to be watching randomly on somebody else's Facebook account and, and try to find uh, find the latest t- twins talk. And So here's the little background on Brian Dozier. And then we'll get into whether or not it makes sense to trade him, extend him, all of that fun stuff. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple podcast. You know, the, the one thing uh, that the Vikings will have to take seriously, or they will, but fans can keep an eye on this uh is cameron jordan he's he's a he's a huge problem and i I think this game really will test case keenum's ability to play under pressure where he's been so good this year yeah that's true and also uh, keep in mind as good as case has been this is now a different step right collar i mean this is now now you're going from from a really feel-good regular season hey you play great story to playoff games and playoff games are different. So, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be this. The factor that I'm most curious about is how Keenum plays because because Breeze and the Saints offense is really, really good. And the Vikings defense is the same, okay? So I think that there's a, there's a fighting chance that those two things offset each other, that the Vikings give up some points, but they certainly don't get drilled. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. Dozier's going into the last year of his contract, affordable deal. You can run it all the way to the bank that he's going to hit 30 home runs if he stays healthy, and he's going to play every game. That's Brian Dozier's track record. That's who he is. Um, Gold Glove defense, it's 
a valuable contract for the Twins right now. But, interestingly, he will be going into free agency next year. Interestingly, free agency is going to be a bonanza next year, probably. Unless you see some big trades and contract extensions this summer, next winter is going to be a feeding frenzy for teams, and uh, Dozier's going to have to be a part of that market if he wants uh, a big money deal. So here's a couple of things. Last winter, he was the center of every trade rumor all offseason. Twins, non-twins didn't matter. Everyone was wondering, when is Brian Dozier going to be traded to the Dodgers, right? That's what we all turned on MLB Network wondering if we'd find out. He didn't get traded. He starred for the Twins, who was their best player last year. I would have voted for Byron Buxton as MVP, but Brian Dozier was consistent and was there throughout. Really hard to argue with the final numbers that he put up. Um, That quick aside behind us, Brian Dozier's contract situation has been interesting to me since last year when the big talk was, is he going to get get traded. We, we don't know. What's it going to look like? Are the Twins rebuilding? Well, then they make the playoffs with Brian Dozier as their best player. Uh, last winter, I did some digging around, was trying to figure out, would you just extend Brian Dozier right now? I mean, he's on a team-friendly contract, and he's got two seasons left. This was at the time. This was last winter. And I was told by someone who would know that, nope, Twins not exploring a deal to extend Brian Dozier's contract. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. I probably wouldn't have last winter either. Make him prove it. He's had a track record of maybe being a little streaky. And how is the power going to play going forward? Well, I think he answered those questions. I think he's a solid, durable, good contributor, guy you want to have in the clubhouse. And that contract is a bargain, that four-year deal that the Twins signed three seasons ago. So... We know that they didn't explore an extension last year. We know that they didn't trade him last year, even though they were probably willing to. Didn't find the right deal, opened the season with Brian Dozier, and now we're up to speed. Now we get to your question. Uh, Josh asks if the Twins will keep Dozier. um, And there's other people been asking me about, well, do you extend him now that he only has one year left on his deal? Extend him before he gets to free agency? And here's why I would not. I don't think you extend Brian Dozier right now, not because I don't think he's a good player. I think he's a great player. I think you want to have Brian Dozier on your team for the next handful of years if you're the Twins. But I wonder what an extension looks like versus letting him go into his walk year, letting him prove it one more time, and then seeing what he could command on the free agent market. Look, it's risky because you run the risk of losing one of your best players and a guy you'd rather have on your team, all else being equal. But I wouldn't necessarily be willing to overpay for an extension right now knowing two things. One, the market next year probably will be pretty crowded. I don't know what Brian Dozier would command. He'd probably make some money, but I don't think you're looking at like this mega contract for a guy in his 30s who plays a good second base and hits for some power. Uh, Probably the best power-hitting second baseman in baseball. Um, But that's the question. How much are you paying for that production, and is it worth it? And how many years do you have to go? Do you want to be paying Brian Dozier six years from now, and is that what it's going to take? I'd say probably not. But, you know, then once you start to come down in years, what does the extension look like? What makes sense for, for Brian? What makes sense for the Twins? And I just see from a Twins perspective... I think it makes more sense to 
run the risk that he can go test the waters. Now, if you come to an extension with him, you know, next year and you sign him as a true free agent, well, then great. Then you must have thought that was a good deal for you. He must have wanted to stay in Minnesota. But um, the second reason why, just beyond the market considerations and the years of contract and stuff like that, the second reason why I wouldn't do it is because I'm just curious to see what Jorge Polanco does. Last year, this was kind of a quiet story because, of course, the Twins made the playoffs, and, of course, Jorge Polanco heroically rebounded from a terrible start to the season, offensively and defensively. Uh, He was one of their worst players early last year, and I was trying to figure out, what's going on? Here's this top prospect. I loved his bat going into the spring, and he's just not delivering. Well, obviously he rebounded with a stick. Great offensive player. Love to have him in your lineup. He's a huge help to the Twins. Young, cost-controlled player. But i got to be honest with you, I'm still not convinced he's going to be a good big league shortstop. I like Jorge Polanco a lot. I think he's a good, helpful player, and he's going to be a part of the Twins' core probably for years to come. But I just don't trust him as a shortstop. He hasn't shown me enough personally. Now, this is just my personal opinion. I'm not a scout, not a professional. I don't work for the Twins, and I'm not necessarily hearing this from people within the Twins front office. This is my opinion, Derek Wetmore, saying, I don't think Jorge Polanco is good enough to convince you that, hey, for the next six years, there's our big league shortstop. So how does he play into the Brian Dozier conversation? How does Nick Gordon play into the Brian Dozier conversation? Heck, in a couple of years, you might be talking about Royce Lewis as your shortstop, who recently got tabbed as the Twins' top overall prospect. It's hard to argue with that ranking. Um, Now, he's a few years away, I'm sure, but... Let's just, uh, I, I would personally be not wanting to lock myself in right now, especially on a guy like Dozier. Um, I wouldn't be looking necessarily for contract extensions because I think you'd have to pay pretty handsomely to buy out some free agent years of some of your good young players right now. I would sort of let it develop, especially with veterans like Dozier, like Joe Maurer. I certainly wouldn't be looking to extend Joe Maurer right now. Um, just kind of let it play out. Let's see what happens. Get your arbitration stuff settled. Go sign a pitcher from free agency for crying out loud or make a big trade for a starting pitcher at the top of your rotation and uh, let that be your offseason. Figure out what happens going into the season. So anyway, those were the two big questions that I wanted to address was the slow-moving offseason and the Brian Dozier thing. I see a whole bunch more questions filing into Facebook here. I see Devlin hanging out, Tanya hanging out, um, Matt and Josh. Thank you for hanging out, you guys. Grady, I see, has got a question in here. Jared. I'll get to these. What I want to say is that the rest of the questions, the rest of the podcast, the rest of this show, I'm going to try to be a little quicker with my answers because you guys know that's a challenge for me. So do me this favor. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to give you my short answer. And if there's something like I didn't hit on, well, circle back. I'd be happy to answer it. Um, I go back to these videos afterwards and I interact. I answer questions on my Facebook page. Um, pretty regularly throughout the week. So I'll be quicker. That's my promise. I ask from you guys, could you just uh, stop me if I'm maybe breezing over something a little too quickly? Um, And we'll move on. Robert, you get a like for a good question. Let us go through a little bit of rapid-fire question. It's 1230 here, guys. Uh, I had said half an hour, um, but it looks like my phone's doing okay on battery knock on wood, and uh, I see a whole bunch more questions that I've got to get to. So 
let's do some of this rapid fire stuff. And uh, thanks for hanging out on Facebook Live today. All right, Jacob wants to know, what are the chances the Twins could sign you or Cobb? You, Darvish, Alex Cobb. Would you rather wait and try to sign a few bargain pitchers after the big name sign? Plenty of pitchers out there. Great question, Jacob. No, I wouldn't want to wait. I would want to sign you, Darvish. The reason being, I think he's better than Alex Cobb. I think he's the best free agent pitcher out on the market. And unlike Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, and Jake Arrieta, Signing you, Darvish, is not going to cost you a compensatory draft pick. So that's why I think Darvish is the best of the mud, best of the bunch. Um, I love that he's tweeting about his own uh, contract negotiation situation right now. That was a funny story this week. If you guys saw that, we can talk more about that too if 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 you want to. But uh, I think you, Darvish, is the best pitcher out there, and for the reason being that he won't have a compensatory draft pick tied to him. I think he's the most appealing. With that being said. If there really are at least five other teams in the running for you, Darvish, he could get expensive. I wrote a column last week in which I said that I would not spend, what was the rumored number, like six years and $160 million? That's too rich for me. Somebody asked me if I'd go five and 125. I don't know. I'd have to crunch the numbers, but I think I would. I think that uh, the Twins need a top-of-the-rotation starter, and I think free agency is going to be their best bet to get it. You'd have to give up an awful lot to get Chris Archer. All, all else equal, I'd rather have Chris Archer than you, Darvish. But beggars can't be choosers. One of them's a free agent, and one of them's under team control with the race for four more years. So you do the math. Good question, Jacob. I think I already gave you a like for that. Yep. You're taken care of. Let's see. Now, this was an interesting one. Jared asked me... Um, if I'm going to Twins Fest and what my favorite part about Twins Fest is. Um, I am planning to go to Twins Fest. It's a little hairy because, uh, not to hand out the sports writer jinx, but it's possible the Vikings will be playing a game on that Sunday. So I'll need to help with networking. Uh, networking. <laughs> yeah, I'll be handing out business cards at the Vikings game. No, I need to help with, like, just our website admin stuff, editing. Sundays get to be somewhat busy for me on uh, Vikings game days, so that might be a little tricky if the Vikings get by the Saints here this week. Um, What was the other part of your question? So will I be going to Twins Fest? I'll be there so Friday and Saturday, I believe. Um, I can only go for part of it Saturday, so unfortunately I can't stay for the whole thing. And then... um, yeah, Sunday could be the Vikings. So what's my favorite part about Twins Fest? I don't really have a favorite part. Um, when I was younger, I would go to Twins Fest at the Metrodome and walk around. It was pretty cool to see all the memorabilia and the baseball cards and also just to kind of to get in the Metrodome and sit in the dugout was something that I hadn't really experienced. Um, and I hate to sound, you know, like the jaded, uh, jaundiced reporter guy, but now to me... I mean, I'm lucky enough that I get to do that stuff all the time. Like when the Twins are at Target Field, I get to watch batting practice from the dugout. So it's like different orders of cool. But um, so so Twins Fest to me isn't like as as I don't know. It used to be kind of really exciting, and now, frankly, it's like work. It's you know, it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday at the job. I hate to say it like that, but 
that's what it's become. Um, the cool thing about it is that it signals that spring training's right around the corner. I'd say that's my favorite part. Like, uh, I saw somebody sent me a Twins Fest email and like a luncheon stuff coming up, and and I was like, oh, that's right. Time to get going on my spring training previews. Usually, I have you know. 10, 12, 15 of those things cranked out, 1,000 words per player saying, hey, what kind of season's Phil Hughes going to have? Uh, well, there might not be one for Phil Hughes this year, but like, hey, what kind of season can we expect from Byron Buxton? Uh, that stuff's coming right down the pike. Uh, so that's that's probably the most exciting thing for me, Jared. Uh, I know it's always fun to see people and connect with people, but truthfully, I don't get to even talk to a lot of fans um, at Twins Fest. I'd love to see more people, love to say hi. If you see me, don't hesitate to stop me and say, hey, I was at your Facebook video that one time. I was one of the two people watching you on Facebook Live. Um, and the other one was probably your mom on a fake account. So say hi. I would love to see you guys there if you are going to be there. I'll probably only be there Friday and part of Saturday. But uh, yeah, for me, the the best part is like green grass and baseball is approaching. Maybe not as quickly as we'd like, but it's approaching. Uh, let's see here. Grady says, if the Twins keep Jimenez, is Vargas the odd man out since Garver will probably be the backup at first base? Well, it's possible Jimenez and Garver would be an either-or situation, so let's just wait and see if they bring back Jimenez. Um, I think Garver's earned a shot to be the backup catcher, but I also don't think that the Twins have turned a blind eye to the catching position. So who knows? I really liked working with Chris Jimenez last year. I think he had a good offensive season. Most people don't see it because he had a low batting average, but he was a valuable player for the Twins last year. Uh, Can you do better with the roster spot Um, if you're willing to spend some money? But uh, Vargas being the odd man out would be kind of awkward. It's possible that it's going to happen. I think he's been a little bit overrated by some fans. I think Kenny Vargas is like, he's a good player, but he's not great. And, and at first base, you really need to slug to uh, to earn your spot on the roster. But here's the awkward part. Twins are going to be playing in mid-April in Puerto Rico. Kenny Vargas uh, was out there pubbing up that trip along with fellow Puerto Ricans, Jose Barrios, um, Barrios. People get mad when I say his name wrong, and I'm sorry. I've told him I'm not. I don't mean any offense by it. Um, but Barrios was there and uh, Eddie Rosario. So anyways, two of those three guys will for sure make that trip. Vargas could. Um, he's definitely got a shot to make the roster. Um, if the Twins don't sign another like first base, base DH type kind of guy, yeah, I think the math works out for him. But uh, a lot of offseason left, a lot of bats still out there. So that's a good question, Grady, but... Without knowing if they're going to bring back Jimenez, without knowing what Garver's status is, you know, until I get to Florida, it's hard to say. It's hard to pick somebody who would be the obvious odd man out. Um, let's see, Jared, I'll get I'll get to your question, but uh, just to answer the one on Twins Fest. So I want to give somebody else a chance here. I see Devlin has a question. Uh, Devlin says, "Excuse me, let me read this first. The Twins have reportedly added 40-plus members and millions of money, millions of dollars in the front office payroll to their baseball ops and analytics department. Can you explain how crucial this is in 2018, given how much it impacts the game? Yeah, Devlin, great question. That was Pat Royce's column from Fort Myers. Um, 
just a quick side note. I love that Pat is in Fort Myers giving us Twins news right now. How awesome is that? It's January 12th. We're sick and tired of hearing about the non-moves in free agency. And then, like, the MLB trade rumors page is like, oh, arbitration settlings. Okay. And then minor league signings. Like, okay, fine. But uncle, right? Let's get some actual news. Let's get some stuff. So Pat being down there and cranking out his usual great Twins works, just awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, I think it's huge. Without having met a lot of these people, to be honest with you, I, I, I can't say how big of an impact in terms of wins and losses it'll be. But if you are a front office nerd and you like uh, nerding out on this stuff like I do, saying that like, you know, $2 million in front office payroll goes a hell of a lot longer than a $2 million free agent would, um, then I recommend this podcast for you. It is called Effectively Wild, and it's the Fangraphs podcast. I think it's typically hosted by Jeff Sullivan and Ben Lindbergh. This particular episode happened to be uh, let, let me double check it because I uh, sent out a recommendation for it the other day. I'll get to the hosts. But Fangraphs has a new writer, Meg Rowley. Uh, she was on the podcast. And um, the incomparable Bill Barnwell, the uh, great football analyst, was on the podcast. And then the special guest was the new Twins director of baseball ops, is uh, Daniel Adler. It was a great podcast episode. I, I think I linked it on my Facebook page. Um, I probably linked it on my Twitter page, um, but if you follow me on either one of those, go listen to that podcast. Devlin, I think you'd really like it. Um, it's just like a cool glimpse behind the curtain for uh, for Adler, and that that was the main point of uh, Pat's story, but, uh, you know, they go a little longer form in the podcast, and you get to hear Daniel talking about he's the harvard grad twins hired um last summer and it was just really fun to listen to him talk about like the difference between football analytics and baseball where baseball accepts it and where football may kind of still reject uh bigger data stuff and um i thought it was interesting too just the humility that he was like yeah we we need a whole team because i don't know fully what i'm doing here i'm still kind of getting up to speed on this stuff i thought it was great he doesn't need to be the one that knows every single intricacy of the collective bargaining agreement. Um, they have people that do that, and uh, and frankly, Derek Falvey should be able to handle that stuff too, along with Thad Levine and the rest of their team. But um, yeah, I think that's a great move for the Twins. I I knew it was coming. I knew there was sort of a surge going in that direction, but I was shocked to see 40. Um, that's a big number, and the Twins were historically one of the smaller front offices. Um some smart people and, uh, you know, amazing that they were even competing on the same playing field. But uh, they are really, really cranking it up under Derek Falvey. And I don't know if they're done. I don't know if they're done hiring. But check out that podcast I did find. It's called Effectively Wild, episode 1159. They call it the reverse de Podesta because uh, Adler going from football to the baseball ranks. So it was an interesting listen. I was right. Ben Lindbergh and uh, Meg Roller, Bill Barnwell, and, of course, the Twins' own Daniel Adler. So check out that podcast, Devlin. I think you'd really like it. Okay, Sam wants to know, uh, would you rather get Darvish or Lance Lynn and Alex Cobb? Interesting. I haven't spent any time thinking about it, so give me, like, 
Give me like two seconds to wrap my brain around that. It's a really good question. Okay, I'd rather have Darvish. Uh, let me give you my rationale. I'll do it as quickly as I can. On the one hand, you are spreading out your risk if you if you sign two players. But I think we'd all agree that Lance Lynn is not as good as you, Darvish, nor is Alex Cobb as good as you, Darvish. Collectively, they're probably better. I, I think you'd, you'd argue that they could have – they could or should contribute more wins above replacement this year than Darvish. And interestingly, like in the poker world where if you get it to an all-in situation – and the two players that are left agree to run the finish two or three times or whatever, well, both of them are doing that because they know the odds and they want to see it play out how the odds suggest. They don't want one player to get lucky or unlucky, whatever. Um, and then they you know, split the winnings based on the outcome of each hand. This is a stupid point, a stupid analogy. The crux of what I'm getting at is that if you sign Lynn and Cobb, and Cobb, you know, sprains his ankle or whatever and misses a couple weeks, well, you're still getting some production because you have Lance Lynn in the rotation too. If you Darvish does that, or if, you know, something happens and, oh, shoulder tightness, shut down for two months and let's rebuild some strength in there, well, then that sucks. You go from you Darvish to zero, whereas if that happens in the second situation, Lynn and Cobb, all right, you go from 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 two to Cobb, let's say, whatever, just to put a name on it. So that's a benefit. On the downside, you're not adding as positive of an impact in one roster spot as you would be with you, Darvish. It's like the fantasy football. You'd rather have the, the old uh, roster construction idea of rather having quality versus quantity. That's why you'd always try to trade three kind of good bench players for one star running back, at least back when I played fantasy football. Um, that that was how you got sucker owners to make your team better. Same would be true um, in baseball, I think. That's how I think of roster construction. Uh, the other bonus is you sign Darvish, you give up zero draft picks. If you sign Lynn and Cobb, you're giving up your third and your fourth highest draft pick, which for the Twins next year, I believe, as of this recording, is picks number 74 and number 94. Those picks are valuable. Consider those prospects, right? I mean, I don't know that they'd turn into awesome prospects, not necessarily turn into future all-star major leaguers, but they could. They're a lottery ticket. You're buying that percentage chance that they do become a productive big leaguer. Um, teams are seeing value in draft picks, and I think especially that high up in the draft, the Twins are are probably going to value those. That's why I would give the a big edge to you, Darvish over Jake Arrieta, for example, if you're talking about the Twins adding an arm. Um, but anyway, Sam, I told people that I was going to try to be a little quicker. I did not fulfill that promise with that answer there, but hopefully I got to kind of the, the core of what you're getting at. Would you rather diversify your risk and sign two kind of good pitchers, or would you rather go for the stud and hope it works out? Gosh, if the numbers are right, I'd just if I was the Twins, I'd much rather have you, Darvish. Um, Josh wants to know, will we keep Dozier? I already got to that one. Then uh, the Matt Unzitig, sorry about last names, guys. I'm I'm horrible. Um, why haven't we met with any of the free agent aces yet? I wouldn't worry about that. 
I think that I think that a lot of the you know high profile meetings and stuff that go on that's I think it gets overblown. I like look, Thad Levine has a close relationship with you Darvish and he was texting him earlier in this offseason. Does he need to sit down necessarily in Minneapolis when it's 10 below face to face to decide if he wants to sign? Uh, I mean, maybe, or maybe it'd be helpful. Or maybe if I was the twins, I'd offer to go to your place, come see you, uh, where you make home. Cause it's no doubt warmer than what we have here. And well, I'm in Bloomington, but no doubt warmer than what they have at one twins way in Minneapolis. So, um, I, I wouldn't look too much into that, to be honest with you, Matt. Um, I don't know if they're going to sign a Jake Arietta. I don't know if he's that appealing. I personally think Lance Lynn's a little overrated. I like Alex Cobb a lot, but man, and some of the contract figures you see floating around, that stuff gets expensive real quick. So I would, uh, look, the Twins need to fix their pitching. I would focus on that for the next month. How they go about it, is it a trade? Is it free agency? Is it honestly going to be sit on your hands and hope someone's available at the trade deadline? I don't think I'd do that. Not if I was trying to make the postseason this year. But I just wouldn't get too twisted into knots about not having big meetings yet. I, I think that's more a product of, like, here's a slow off season. We need something to be anxious about. Just don't, uh, don't fall into the trap. I know some people are going to try to drive up your anxiety over that. Don't let them. Let's see. Josh wants to know, will Byron Buxton finally be our everyday leadoff hitter this year? Move Dozier towards the middle. All right. Uh, It's a good question. I would move Dozier down, but if Dozier's most comfortable there and that matters to you, then maybe you consider keeping him there. I don't love dwelling on roster or lineup construction stuff on January 12th because we don't even know what the 25 man's going to look like. Oh, that reminds me. I got to have my projected 25 man. What are we doing? I'm going to make a quick note. I always do that a month before spring training. Whew, almost forgot this year. Thank you, uh, Josh. Something in your, in your question triggered my thought. But uh, I wouldn't worry too much about who's going to be hitting leadoff. I don't know that it will be Brian uh, Dozier. I don't know that it will be Byron Buxton either. My personal opinion, I've said this on a lot of podcasts before. I've done this in five thoughts columns. I know if you're on my newsletter, we've definitely talked about that in email in the past. Um, But my basic thought is put your high on base percentage guys at the top of the lineup. Have as many of your good hitters up high as you possibly can and let them get as many plate appearances as possible and protect your worst hitters by hitting them lower in the batting order. So if you were asking me who would be the perfect Twins leadoff hitter this year, I would say, okay, give me their projected on-base percentage and who's number one. Simple as that. If it's Joe Maurer by 30 points, Joe Maurer should be leading off. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, you'd get like a... High on base percentage got to be number one. I think Joe Maurer is a great number two hitter, um, especially if he carries over what he did last year. Um, then Miguel Sano put Brian Dozier fourth. Put Eddie Rosario high up there. Jorge Polanco high up there. By- Byron Buxton high up there. You see the problem you start to run into, and it's a good problem to have, you got a lot of hitters that you like if you're the Twins and that you want to have high up in the order. 
that's a super good problem to have. That's why I think the Twins are going to be one of the best offenses in baseball. But uh, I don't know in terms of breaking it down individually who's the leadoff guy. Maybe Dozier, maybe Buxton, maybe Maurer. Maybe maybe our guy, Robbie Grossman. Just put somebody that gets on base, put them at the top, and let other people hit him home. Um, that's how you score a lot of runs in baseball. Um, Josh, thank you for the question. You get a like, my friend. Let's see. TJ. Good, another U Darvish question. I was hoping this might be a U Darvish heavy episode. Um... And let's see, how are we doing on time? It's almost one, but I mean, I don't have anywhere to be. I'm just nervous my phone battery's gonna like crap out on me at some point, and you guys are just gonna get a black screen. So if that happens, I should thank you in advance, give you the old Irish goodbye. You know, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you joining us for this podcast, for this Facebook Live session. Been a ton of good questions, so many that I I haven't gotten to nearly all of them yet but i'm working on it i'll work my way through but before we uh, get cut off at some point randomly without explanation i wanted to say thank you uh thank you for contributing to this thank you for listening and uh, my gratitude to you so now you can't get mad if uh <laughs> if the screen just cuts out on you so uh, 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 uh tj wants to know with you darvish's age is he really worth the contract he wants or are they better off rolling with Santana and Breos and potentially picking up another front middle of the rotation guy? All right, so there's one huge variable in there that I am unfortunately not equipped to answer, and that is what contract he wants. I have not spoken with you, Darvish, this winter to know exactly what he's seeking. I mean, reportedly his list is down to five. He says at least six teams, Twins, Cubs, Astros, Yankees, Rangers, mystery team. Okay, but what does he want? Does he want to maximize his dollars? Does he want to maximize long-term security? Would he trade dollars or would he trade average annual value for stretching out the length of the contract? Uh, Is he looking to play in a warm city? Is he looking to win a World Series? These are questions that I don't have the answer to, so I can't answer the second part of your question, TJ. I can get at the crux of what you're asking, though. You say, with his age, would you pay him? He's going to be 31, I think, on opening day. Would you pay him, or would you rather go with a rotation that looks like Vareo Santana, Alex Cobb, Kyle Gibson, Trevor May, or whatever? You know, fill in the names. Um, Adalberto Mejia maybe is in there. Phil Hughes maybe is in there. Steven Gonzalez, Fernando Romero. Look, I don't know. And the answer to my question is just like I have to fall back on a column that I wrote last week, which was asking, are any of the big four free agent starting pitchers worth the rumored contract ask? That's the big word. So – Darvish was six years and $160 million, and I concluded, no, that's too much money. That's more than I would be willing to spend over that length of time for a guy that I don't even necessarily trust to be a steadfast, bona fide ace. I think you, Darvish, is an ace. But do I 100% think he is? Do I six years, $160 million think he is? Boy, that gets tougher. Uh, so... 
I wouldn't commit that kind of money to him. Um, with that being said, even the mid-rotation starters are going to be expensive. And if the Twins really want to win the World Series, I don't think Barrios can be their best pitcher. But if you had you Darvish, Barrios, and Santana at the top of your rotation, hey, even if Santana regresses a little bit this year, or even if Barrios doesn't find that next year, that's a pretty good start to a starting rotation. So um, the short answer to your question, TJ, is no, he's not worth the biggest number that you've seen tied with him. But he is worth a lot of money. He's worth a big number, and he would make the Twins a lot better. I'd much rather have him than add another mid-rotation guy, even if a mid-rotation guy costs like half as much. It just changes the dynamic of your starting rotation and, by extension, your 25-man roster. So that's a good question, TJ. Thank you for bringing you Darvish back into this. I'd probably do a whole episode on you Darvish if you guys wanted to, but maybe we're just tired of talking about Darvish at this point. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to quick, uh, check out Twitter, see if I'm missing anything. Cause I'm just like you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, our buddy Rhett Bollinger just tweeted a little bit ago that the twins are hopeful to have a resolution with Miguel Sano by spring training that according to GM Thad Levine. So. Um, I did see, I was checking out the Twins Fest roster that got released the other day. Sano not on it. Not terribly surprising when he's in the middle of an MLB investigation. And if you're the Twins, you don't want the bad PR. You want to get the right solution to that, um, I don't know, issue. Call it whatever you want to. Rather than making it kind of the centerpiece, the focal point of Twins Fest. Um, So, let's see. Uh... Also, I got a Twitter question here. I unfortunately can't open that link. Uh, Chris, if you're watching this video and you sent me the question about the pitching market, what what this news means for the pitching market, you sent that on Twitter. If you'll just ask me that same question in in the Facebook, I'd be happy to get to it. I just can't open that link on Twitter there. Um, let's see what else I'm missing. Oh, Rhett also says there is a Robbie Grossman deal done. It's good to hear. Let me say quickly, guys, um, before I start getting to some more questions. I'm just, salary arbitration is boring to me. I hope I'm not speaking out of church when I say that. Maybe some of you guys are really, really um, glued to your seat to find out what Kyle Gibson's going to make this year. I just... I just don't care that much. Like, it's not going to change the landscape of the financial situation of the Twins for 2018 that much. Like, it'll it'll change, like, a little bit. But, I mean, you look at the projections versus what's actually happened. What does Rhett say? Uh, probably other people in on the reports, too. Um, Robbie Grossman, what are you making next year? I saw the Star Tribune also share a story. Maybe that's maybe that's where I have to go. Here's a tweet from Lavelle Neal. Robbie Grossman, $2 million, says Lavelle. I'm, I'm sure other reporters are in on it too. Sorry to, if I'm withholding credit from somebody that deserves it. But here's why it's boring to me, guys. Like, 
MLB trade rumors in October or November, they have a pretty good salary arbitration projection system, and, like, they basically nailed it. I'm looking at this right now. I got the numbers in front of me. I'll share them with you. And here's why I'm bored by arbitration, because I just get in my head, oh, yeah, okay, he's a second-year arbitration player. He's probably going to make, you know, between X and Y dollars, and anywhere that it falls in that range, whatever. It's, it's peanuts, basically, right, when you're talking about 25 and $30 million contracts. MLB projection for Eduardo Escobar. This was MLB trade rumors months ago. $4.9 million. Eduardo Escobar's reported salary. $4.85 million. Ere Adrianza. Projected by MLB Trade Rumors to make $1 million. Ere Adrianza's reported salary. $1 million. Trevor May. Projected to make $600,000. I think Trevor May is in the starting rotation when he's healthy enough. I think he's a really good pitcher. He's a weapon that gets overlooked by a lot of people. Don't overlook him. Valuable, valuable player to have on the Twins roster. But he's projected or was projected to make $600,000 because of injuries. He just hasn't racked up the stats. How about his actual reported salary? $650,000. I'll keep going. Ryan Presley projected to make $1.6 million. Actual reported salary, $1.6 million. Robbie Grossman was projected to make 2.4. Actual reported salary per, uh, I just saw Lavelle, I'm sure other people have it too, $2 million. So saved money, quote-unquote, on Robbie Grossman's agreement. Last one left is Kyle Gibson, $5.3 million projected. Our guy Doogie, Darren Wolfson, um, was speculating earlier this week that the Twins will go file and trial with at least one player. Well, if that's going to happen, it's going to be Kyle Gibson. Um, I could see you disputing how much you think he's worth, how much he thinks he's worth. Um, I don't know. I'm a Kyle Gibson guy. Uh, he's not great, but I think that he's better than he gets credit for on social media a lot of times. I see a lot of people on my Facebook page are really annoyed with Kyle Gibson. I think his second half of the year last year, he was a different pitcher. He was a better pitcher. Um, that's a really affordable salary. If it's $5 million or somewhere close to that, worse pitchers from him, worse pitchers than Kyle Gibson are signing bigger contracts this winter. You can take that to the bank. So um, uh, that's why arbitration kind of bores me. Um, I don't remember if somebody asked me a question about this or if I just started – getting on my soapbox about why I sort of get bored about the process and, and don't really care too much. Like for the individual player, maybe he cares about the difference between, you know, uh, what, $2 million and $2.4 million. That probably matters. I mean, $400,000 is a lot of money even after tax. But to me as an analyst, when I try to look at roster construction and building your team, it just doesn't matter that much to me. Um, so, uh, I get today's the deadline and like, we have to talk about it. It's an important thing and it matters for the twins and those players just doesn't matter to me that much. Okay. James says, can we hang out at twins fest when you aren't on the radio? Yes, you can come say hi, but I do have a lot of work to get done at twins fest. That's where historically I've done a ton of interviews to try to get my previews ready. I've got to get stuff really cranking here, um, ahead of Fort Myers to make sure I get my uh, Twins spring training previews ready. So honestly, I go radio, podcast, maybe we'll do a video, and then interview, 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 lunch, interview, 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 interview. I try to rack up as much of that stuff as possible. Um, 
So depends on your definition. Hang out, I probably can't just like sit and chill for a while. But if you're there and we bump into each other at the Legends Club, whatever, say hi. I will absolutely not big time you and uh, and blow past you and pretend I didn't hear my name. Um, I'll stop and say hi. I just don't think I can go like walk around. Um, not a lot of downtime for me at Twins Fest. So, uh, James, I hope you're still there to get that answer. But uh, thanks for hanging out on the chat today. Grady, I love this. Grady says, rapid fire, huh? I'd hate to be behind you at the Burger King drive-thru. Yeah, about that. I did say rapid fire, didn't I? All right, Robert. (laughs) Maybe I should try to stick to my promise. Robert says, "Uh, can you answer this later? Or you can answer this later if you'd like to. He says, lots of talk about the impact of James Rousen had on the younger players like Buxton, Rosario, Polanco. Any idea how much he may have had on Maurer's resurgence last season? Good question. I do not have a good answer for you. Um, the last time I talked to Maurer would have been during the season. Um, it didn't come up. But I, uh, if he's at Twins Fest, I will ask him. Um, I, I think historically Maurer's been a guy that kind of has his own routine and stuff. But I don't know if, if Rousen was a big impact um, on Maurer's sort of resurgent season, the renaissance. Uh, Maurer will be a big topic for the 2018 season so we'll have tons of stories podcasts and stuff on him going forward i'll i'll file that question away robert i don't have the answer for you today but um but i'll try to circle back with you um devlin says will we get a fish tank friday post today sure yeah i've done a couple of fish tank friday posts on uh, instagram it's kind of the only place i'll i'll put them but i guess i should link that account back with my twitter again huh um tweet some of those pictures out. I don't know what it's going to be today. I have two fish tanks now. There's one off camera back here. Um, I'll, I'll try to come up with something, Devlin. Gino says, keep Sano or trade him. Keep him. What are you going to get for him right now? Um, let the whole hairy situation sort itself out and find some kind of a resolution. Um, you know, it sounds callous to talk about his trade value, but uh, you know, with with no disrespect to anything that's going on in that situation, um, I just don't know enough of the details. I I don't know what's going to come up of it. I don't know what it means for Sano. I don't know what it means for Major League Baseball. I don't know what it means for the Twins. But uh, man, it'd be a bad look to ask a team right now to take him off your books. Um, Brandon wants to know. I think the appeal of arbitration agreements is the completion of of the task of signing the player to a definitive contract. Hold on a second. I'm missing something here. Um, this came up a couple of years ago when we were talking about Brian Dozier. There's a lot of people mad that his four-year $20 million contract was a bad deal for the Twins. Um, the Twins wanted some cost certainty. I'm sure Dozier did too. And people were like, eh, you could just go year to year with him. Nope. Turned out to be a great contract for the Twins. They must be thrilled that they signed him for four years and 20 million and have gotten the kind of production that they have from Brian Dozier. So, um, cost certainty is nice if you're a team and if you feel reasonably confident in your projections over the next couple of years. Um, but the appeal of arbitration agreements, I'm just trying to make sure I got the wording of this question. The completion of the task of signing the player. 
Yeah, I just I, I'm not following. I think that there's pros and cons to taking a guy to arbitration. I think there's pros and cons to trying to buy out his team control years too. Um, typically, I wouldn't do that unless I was also getting a free agent year or a team option or something else that makes the contract appealing. But um, oh, here, here. So Brandon's following up quickly. He says, uh, you said you were bored and don't get excited about the numbers. I am saying others probably don't care, but do like knowing the player assigned. Yes, agree with you there, Brandon. There's uh, uh, The only thing, though, is that like once you get here, you can't not sign him because the non-tender date has already passed. That's the date I get more excited about. Hey, here's a player that's on the fence. Maybe you don't want to pay him his raise in arbitration. Okay, non-tender him. But the Twins have, in the past already agreed and said, yep, he'll be on contract. He's on our 40-man roster. We'll get that all squared away. All that's left then is to cross the T's and dot the I's, figure out the exact contract. So I am more excited about the non-tender deadline, but that's not today. Today is just the contract figure exchange deadline. So, um, And if they don't exchange and can't agree with, let's say, Kyle Gibson, reportedly the last guy left, well, then they're going to go to the trial and there will be some arbitration. Um, so... Uh, that's that's when you'd need an arbiter to decide. But yes, Brandon agreed. The uh, the process bores me. I think other people are bored by it. But it is nice to have the peace of mind of saying like, okay, well, Robbie Grossman's locked in. So now we can turn our attention to spring training. Actually, this year, now we can turn our attention to you, Darvish. Uh, Bob says, Bob wants to know if Sano's resolution affects Maurer's future. Maybe. But, uh, man, without knowing how far-reaching those consequences are going to be, it's hard to say. The other thing that affects Maurer's future, in my opinion, Maurer's personal choice of what he wants to do next year and Maurer's production on the field. Let's say he wants to come back, he wants to retire a twin, and he hits a buck 90 this year. Sorry, Joe. It's been a great career. Future Twins Hall of Famer. Probably hanging number seven up on the limestone in left field but probably not getting a contract extension. So uh, a lot of factors left to play out, Bob, not the least of which is Maurer himself. But uh, could Sano impact it? Yeah, possibly. Anyways, um, I'll just wrap it up for now. I want to direct you to two places. Three places. Sorry, I lied. If you're still here, it means you like Twins content. It means you cannot wait for some resolution on you, Darvish. You cannot wait for... Free agents to start flying off the shelf. You can't wait for hot stove to actually get hot here before spring training. And you can't wait for spring training. So you are my kind of person. That's who I want to hang out with. That's who I want to interact with. That's who I want on my Facebook page and all that stuff. So I've got three favors to ask from you if you're still here. Number one, go like my Facebook page, Derek Wetmore MLB. That's where I do all my twin stuff. I don't do twin stuff on my personal Facebook page. I'm Considering closing it, I probably should have a long time ago, but my 1500 ESPN Twins Facebook page, I do. I talk with people all the time. If you're already on there, thank you, and you can attest to the fact that I'll actually post stuff and answer questions there. Second thing I want you to go do, subscribe to the Touch Em All podcast. If you like this long-winded, boring monologue about baseball, you will love it when there's actually another person in the conversation. My co-host, Phil Mackey, does a great job breaking down the Twins. He covered them for 1500 ESPN before I did. There's a lot of episodes on the backlog. We're on iTunes. You can find us on 1500ESPN.com. You can find us on Podcast One. Wherever you go for your podcasts, 
I use a little podcast app. I'd show you, but I'm recording this on my phone. I use a podcast app, and so you just hit subscribe. That helps us a lot because it sends a signal to iTunes that says, hey, some people like this podcast. Maybe other people would like it too. We'll share it with them. So if you're not already subscribed to the Touch Mall podcast, please help us out there. And the third and final thing is my newsletter. You don't have to sign up for it, but if you want twins newsletters showing up on your email inbox, some people can't read them on our website or some people you know, don't have our app on their phone or whatever, no problem. I'll send you an e-newsletter. Some fresh content. I share a lot of my links and podcasts and stuff there, and then I always try to get a, a note that so it's like it's a personal email and you guys are getting something on that newsletter that you're not getting on 1500ESPN.com, that you're not getting on my Facebook page. Um, so if you like that kind of stuff, if you want the spring training previews, if you want to be there for uh, Twins Fest news as it happens, subscribe to my newsletter. You can find that um, on our website. Like a lot of my Twins columns have it linked at the bottom or on my Facebook page. I know you can find it that way too. So those are the three things. Derek Wetmore, MLB on Facebook. I would appreciate it if you'd follow us there. Number two, subscribe to the Touch Em All podcast. Even give us a rating if you like it. Number three, find my e-newsletter if you're into that kind of thing. If you're a super twins nerd, I'd love to have you. Um, that'll do it for this video. Uh, true to my word, I was short-winded, right? We'll work on that in the future. <laughs>